that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Relentless, remorseless, has pounded Corsair Star into submission. Good afternoon and welcome to this week's episode of the Race Hour podcast in association with bookmakers.com, kindly sponsored by thetote.co.uk. I'm Darren Hughes, I'm sitting in for Dean Ryan this week and we have a very special episode today, not only the season finale of the Race Hour podcast but indeed our Punchestown preview episode. And continuing on with that special team, I'm joined by a grade one panel of guests, starting with arguably the single best pundit in the entire game, Don McLean. How are you, Don? Good, thanks, Darren. Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah. Um, Alex. You were taken aback by that praise there, Don, were you? Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure to respond to that. <laughs> I thought I'd better concentrate on the racing than more than anything else. So, yeah. Good, good weekend. That- Alex, fantastic weekend. I know it's going to be Willie Mullins heavy, but sure, that's we've got used to that at Punchestown, and it's a case of picking your way through them, and there's still value to be had in there. For sure. And would you have had much success down the years, or do you find it a tricky festival? I know a, a lot of people they're kind of nearly fed up with the jumps by this time of the year and find it very hard to pick winners or, or what's your approach? Yeah, I, I quite like it actually, Darren. Um, I find that you kind of, I, I don't know, you kind of look, need to look at it a wee bit differently to other meetings like Cheltenham. Sure, we're building up to Cheltenham from the previous March really. So sure. uh, you're you're kind of, you're getting your ducks in a row for that from a long way out. But I, I don't know what point you stand. I like to look at it quite late whenever, you know, definitely not before five days. And even the grade one races, like you're nearly better off leaving them until the because what I find is when you you look at a race and anti post betting, and then when you look at it again with the few non runners, and the, the prices are quite a bit shorter than they were in the anti post market, and can be quite a thin anti post market. Um, you can be you can be swayed by prices that you saw before. So if you're looking at them straight off with the with prices like kind of 40, 48 hour final declaration prices. I just find that that's you're, you. You come at it with a clearer head, and yeah, I I think it's not it's not a case of, you know, anything that ran at Cheltenham put a line through it. It's a case of, you know, treating each race and each horse in a case by case scenario. But definitely, if a horse has had a long season, you definitely need to look twice at that that type of thing. Yeah. Absolutely, and we might actually touch on that just before we kick into the race and lads. But I am also delighted to be joined by Mr. Ace Hour himself, Jeremy Nolan. It's hard to believe the National Hunt season is wrapping up, Dermot. How have you enjoyed the year and are you looking forward to this week? Oh yeah, of course. I, know I love Punchestown as well. Uh, Punchestown is one of those, those festivals. As Don said, you, you've to treat it as a completely different animal. Um, and yeah, look, the season's been been brilliant. Uh, obviously, the ugly issues re- reared their head at um, Aintree, but it's, it's time now for everyone just to stand up and stick, stick their chest out and be proud of racing thankfully in ireland we don't seem to have as many issues as that so look it's a quality week of racing we've got you know absolutely everything there uh obviously as don said willie mullins does does seem to have a very very strong hand but there's there's opportunities in that as well because plenty of times at these festivals his second and his third strings can win and everything else so look a brilliant brilliant week ahead and i'm really looking forward to it there for sure absolutely i couldn't agree more with that uh we've we've plenty to be plenty to be proud of in this sport and uh proud we certainly should be uh before we get into the action lads i actually I, and Dermo, i'll come to you first on this it's just something that don touched on there it's 
as I said, it's kind of a tricky festival for some people. John kind of said he approached it a little bit differently than he would to Cheltenham. I'd be inclined to agree with that. Are there any, say, hard and fast rules you have come into? Are there any sort of particular ticks you might look out for when you're trying to back a winner this week, say, compared to the rest of the season? Or what's your approach to Bunchester? Yeah, I tend to keep it quite, try and keep it a, as simple as possible. Like, there's 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 some easy enough ones where, like, the likes of Gaelic Warrior running this week, where you've got horses maybe that, that kind of went to Cheltenham because everybody wants to be there, but maybe don't like going that way. They're a, they're a completely different horse at Punchestown. You've got horses as well. Like, I remember Classical Dream being smashed off the boards because he went straight to Punchestown. Horses like that can be very, very interesting that that, that held back. I remember, I can't remember his name, but Warren Greatrix won the... Uh, the big stairs hurdle one year with a horse who, who missed every festival and focused on Punchestown. So horses that are are talented and maybe didn't didn't go elsewhere can definitely be. And then just the basics, Darren. The, the, the horses that had the very hard races, like I, I'm half tempted now to take on, I will be taking on Fasal Vega, for example. I know we will be, we wanted that shortly, but I just think that that was a gigantous effort to get him back in line for Cheltenham uh, this is just a top process I've gone down this could well be wrong he could well be good enough but I just think after he bombed out at the DRF they they will have had a massive job to get him back for Cheltenham he ran a brilliant race but just bumped into a very special horse there Marie Nationale and the likes of him I'm happy to take on going into punches down because again you're just looking at it thinking there was an awful lot went into all of that to, to kind of thing so definitely the candles can kind of start to to flicker as we go into Punchestown. So that's that's really the rules I have, just kind of very basic. You're looking for horses that maybe didn't handle Cheltenham. Um, you can forgive sometimes poor efforts at Cheltenham. They can come roaring back at Punchestown because just a different track have won a handicap hurdle like that as well. And then just kind of typically horses that have had long seasons. This is It's a very long, long year. And they're not robots. So that would be my kind of, kind of rules there, Darren. For sure, yeah. Freshness, I think, is key. And uh, I just get a quick line from you, Don, on, on that same vein. Is is freshness top of your list when you're trying to when you're looking at a race this week? Are you looking for horses that are really maybe have that just little bit left in reserve compared to another horse who might have run its race this season? Yeah, it's not it's not top of my list, Darren. Like ability will always be top of my list, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely a factor. No, it's definitely a factor, and. Um, like it's it's back to it's not necessarily necessarily a horse that had a hard race at Cheltenham, let's say only. It's kind of horses who've been on the go for a while. That's kind of what you look at, um, as opposed to and I know we'll come on to the individuals later on, but horses who have just had a, a light enough campaign or who haven't been on the go from very early in the season, or slash and who haven't had a hard race at Cheltenham. So and then the trainer comes into it as well because if it's trained by Willie Mullins, regardless of what what race it had when, you still have to look twice at it. Um, <laughs> and then that, you know, the jockey book and sometimes Paul Town, it's tricky for Paul often, but it's probably even trickier at Punchestown because you're not certain to what degree horses are going to come on from their previous runs or regress. And, you know, as David said earlier on, the can be value in the kind of Willie Mullins second or third strings sometimes so yeah but but you know for me there are no hard and fast rules it's really a race by race horse by horse scenario very fair yeah take each race and its merits and we'll definitely touch on some of paul townend's maybe more unusual or more surprising um 
declarations later on in the week. But first of all, we may start at the beginning. Always the best place to start is the KPMG champion novice hurdle over two miles where Fasel Vega looks to get his hurdling career back on track, I suppose you could say, after two consecutive defeats for all that the latter came against what looks a fairly red-hot prospect in the shape of Marine Nationale. And Dermo, I'm going to come to you first here. You alluded earlier to in, in the intro to the programme, you're going to be taking on Fasal Vega, who is trading at around a general 4-6 to six shot. What are you going to take him on with here? Are you looking for a general lay prospect, or, or what's your idea? Yeah, so I like Fasal Vega. Um, I was happy to take him on at Cheltenham because I thought that the DRF would have taken an awful lot out of him. Willie Mullins worked the Oracle, as he always does. Fasal Vega ran an absolutely brilliant race. Uh, there was a small bit of criticism afterwards for Paul Townend. I thought it was Paul went and he was easily followed through by a better horse. I don't think that would have made a whole pile of difference. I was just happy to take him on, Darren, because I just think that he's he's had ups and downs now coming into this festival. Um, he ran a brilliant race to Cheltenham, like, like a, a super race. If he turns up full metal, and he's absolutely fine, then Fasal then Vega takes, takes an awful lot of stopping. But just the DRF into, into Cheltenham, they were two very, very hard runs. Um, and whilst like I'd be willing to kind of forgive it most of the time, they were just such disproportionate efforts. Like the, the one at Dublin Racing Festival was just all over the place. And then kind of coming in here. And the one that I like who has a bit of upside is Diverge, who I thought ran an absolutely massive race in the Supreme um, might be ridden a little bit closer here and whilst um, he has it all to do ability wise I feel with the favourite I just I could see a poor run coming here from from Fasal Vega Diverge that was a massive step forward from what he'd done beforehand he rattled home and for a horse to have done that uh, with with so little experience I think he could be one here who could take a massive step here there yeah, I'd say Diverge possibly has the most upside out of these. He's, he's certainly the least exposed out of the five runners. Don, are you in agreement with Dermo? Are you looking to take on Fasal Vega here, or does the 4-6 to six appeal to you at this stage? Yeah, neither, really. <laughs> Taran, uh, I won't be backing him at 4-6, to six, and I did went through this with a view to taking him on, and look, I can absolutely see Dermot's case with Diverge. He was ridden a bit back in the field in the Supreme Novices, and he kept on without necessarily ever looking like he was going to get to Marine Nacional or Basil Vega, and I agree with Dermot. I think Marine Nacional is, like, he's obviously a Supreme Novices winner. It's going to be really exciting to see where he goes. It's a pity he's not running here, but Barry Connell's taking the decision to send him on his summer holidays, so fair play. I look forward to seeing him next year. Maybe over fences, who knows? Might depend on what Constitution Hill does, but um, Diverge, yeah, he's only had three runs over hurdles, so he, you can see him coming forward, and Ilete Tom as well. Like, he's got really good form on the board he's a, a second season novice as well he ran in all those grade one hurdles last season he finished fourth in the champion four-year-old hurdle actually at Punchestown last year finished fifth in the triumph hurdle and he's a horse who has been a bit keen but like the form of his win at Leopardstown at the Dublin Racing Festival in the Tadis's Ireland novice hurdle that that's taken to massive boosts in the pocket who was second and the Irish Point who was fourth they've both won grade one races at entry so that that was very very strong for him and i know they went fast and they said fossil vega went too fast but it just for whatever reason it just wasn't his running and you can you have to you have to forgive eli titan his running the supreme novices but i think i think you can um, he just didn't really jump very well that day ever he never really looked happy so maybe back at punchestown we'll see him in a better light but yeah i i just think that fossil vega they, they both have to improve to get to him i think and look, I know he's been on the go since early December. He's been racing since early December, so he's been on the go since before that to get 
to win his maiden hurdle at Ferry House back in early December. But yeah, it's it's um it's a race for watching. I, I think Casal Vega is the right favourite, and you know I can I wouldn't put anybody off Diverge or Elite Tom, but um I think Casal Vega. Yeah, I think it's correct that he should be a short price. Fair enough. So a no bet race for Don McLean and Diverge for Dermot Nolan. Move on then to the five twenty five. It's the William Hill Champion Chase and. Probably fair to say it's not the most enthralling contest ever run. Uh, Willie Mullins' domination is said to be the team of the week, and Ergman does head the field here for him at a general price of about four to eleven. And his only real opposition are stable mates, gentlemen to me, Blue Lord, and I don't know whether you could even count Shaq and Persuade a serious opposition at this stage. Don, I'm assuming this is going to be another no bet contest for you. Or are you going to surprise me? No, uh, yeah, maybe surprise. I think gentlemen to me is overpriced. Um... In fairness, I often think Gentleman de May is overpriced. So maybe mm-hmm. not maybe that's not that big a surprise. But no, I, I think he should be closer to an argument in the market than he is. Look, of course, an argument has been very good in winning the, the last two Queen Mother Champion chases. Um maybe neither took as much winning as it looked like they might beforehand for different reasons, but he couldn't have done much more than he did. Um and I think going right handed is going to suit him better than going left at Cheltenham. He won this race last year. I was a bit worried about him on the ground going into last year's race. It was good to yielding ground last year, but he, he handled it well. But I just think Gentleman de May, I just think he's an underrated horse generally. He's he's kind of he's a spring horse, we know that now. And he's kind of been rated on the back of his runs earlier this season when he was well beaten in the Tingle Creek chase, and again when he was beaten miles by Blue Lord in the grade one chase at the at the Christmas festival at Leopardstown. But last time at Leopardstown in the Dublin chase at the Dublin Racing Festival, he was very, very good. He 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 kinda he is a front runner or he's a forward goer, but he didn't seem to mind sitting in behind Dunvegan the last day, which for me was a positive. He jumped very well off the ground and he won really impressively. And it's a shame he didn't go to Cheltenham because it would have been interesting to see how he would have gone for all that maybe the ground went against him actually on the on the Wednesday at Cheltenham. So he comes here fresh. I think the fact that he missed Cheltenham is a positive in the context of this race. And as long as the ground isn't too soft, they, they've, I think they're calling it yielding to soft at the minute. And they had some rain there over, I think they're saying they had 15 millimeters overnight. But if it's kind of, if it, I don't think there's much rain forecast between now and the start of racing tomorrow. So hopefully the ground will dry out a little bit. If it's yielding ground, that'll be perfect for him. He won the Maggle Chase at entry last year. He beat Edwardston there. Edwardston was coming on to the race on a high after winning the Arkle. And just the rate, his rate of progression last year in the spring, allied to his win at Leopardstown, he could be an even better horse now as we move deeper into the spring. He's only seven. You know, you kind of feel like he's been around for a while, but he's still only a seven-year-old. And yeah, I think that he could put it up to an argument. Lots of upside there for gentlemen to me from... Don McLean and we talked about the freshness angle beforehand and he is certainly a horse that fits that bill having not been seen since the Dublin Racing Festival Dermot can you follow that up uh, debt taxes and Don McLean calling gentlemen to me overpriced are uh, three guarantees <laughs> but the um, I, re- I actually like gentlemen to me but just like Don in the last race it's a race that I'm happy to watch Um I just kind of was. I can see all the upside of gentlemen to me. I think Anurjamin handled the festivals quite easy enough last season. Um, I do think that he he's the best horse in the division. So it's a race, Darren, that I'm very happy to uh, to sit out. 
Happy days, yeah. As in, even it's one of those I always find an argument is a joy to watch myself personally. So, even if you have no financial interest, uh, for me, two mile chases are, are it's the most exciting division. Maybe not at this particular time, we don't really have the horses for it, but for me, a good crap of two mile chases is the most exciting crap of horses you possibly can have, or the most exciting and division you can you have. Know, so, hopefully, you, you know, Darren, sorry, just, I didn't mean to cut across. I thought, yeah, um, for a two mile chase, if, if people are going to Pontchastown. You can go down to the start of the two-mile chase. They actually start on the rail just after the last fence. And if you can get down there, you get to see the start of the race and hear the jockeys shouting at each other before the start. And then you're there as well for the last fence. So it's a great place to watch a two-mile chase if people are lucky enough to be going along to Punchestown. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. It's a great point. It's a great viewing track, Punchestown, full stop. But yeah. um, being able to get down to that last fence really is a treat um, in comp- compared to other race courses where maybe you just don't have that advantage so yeah i'd fully endorse that view um we move on now lads to the 635 it's the Dooley insurance group champion novice chase probably the most competitive grade one of the day i'd say uh, 11 to 4 the field here journey with me heads the market having skipped both cheltenham and entry uh, in favor of this but he will have to break the trend of Henry de Bromhead's unusually poor strike rate at this meeting to justify favouritism. Uh, Sir Gerhard and appreciated look like his main rivals. Don, I will come to you first. Do you have a strong view on this? Yeah, I quite like Journey with me, Darren. Um, I think he's got plenty in his favour. Again, he's he's missed Cheltenham while he ran around this, just before Cheltenham. He, he ran in a grade three at Nace and he won that nicely for all that Limerick lays the runner up. She hasn't, didn't probably, probably didn't, didn't enhance the form next time, but he won well. He won nicely. He's a, He's a classy horse. Like he doesn't have the proven class of Sir Gerhard or appreciated in in top notch Grade One races, but he probably would have finished maybe third or second behind Sir Gerhard in the Ballymore Hurdle last season. And it took him a little while this season over fences, and he he he, he wouldn't have beaten Classic Getaway at Goran Park there in November whenever he fell. At, I think it was the second last fence he fell at. Um, but. I think he's a better horse since then. He beat Brides Hill easily. He ran impervious to a half a length for all that he was only getting. A, he was getting a pound from her. She had to carry a penalty, but we thought she was good then. She's since gone on and won the mare's chase. She could be a really, really good mare of Colin Murphy's and JP McManus's. And then he, instead of going to Cheltenham, which it did look like he was going to Cheltenham, he was in, in, in the. It was pretty high in the betting actually for the the novices chase there, but he went to Nace instead. Won that well. And he's coming on here. It's, he's stepping up to three miles in trip, but I think that would be a positive for him. I think he, he he's always kind of shaped like a staying chaser in the making. And Henry de Bromhead and his team, they just seem to have always held him in high regard. I think Sir Gerhard, I'm not sure that he fully stays. I thought in the, the, the brand advisory chase at Cheltenham, he was traveling well. And maybe it wasn't stamina, maybe it was something else. But I, I thought it might have been stamina that just caught him and appreciated stepping up and trip. I'm not sure about him either. He's wearing a tongue tie for the first time either. I know he was badly hampered at Fairy House last time, but it's just a big step into the unknown for appreciated for me, a Supreme Novices Hurdle winner who was a two-mile chaser. He was an Arkle horse until he got beaten at Leopardstown. So, yeah, I think he's a bit of a leap of faith. And he's not that much bigger than Journey With Me in the betting, I just think Journey With Me is more solid. Classic Getaway is the horse I'm most afraid of. He could be anything, and he was good at Goran Park. We haven't seen him since then, but he does go well fresh, and he's trained by the aforementioned Willie Mullins, so you have to respect him. But no, I think Journey With Me is the right favourite, and I thought he should have been a wee bit shorter than he is. Very good. Journey With Me for Don McLean, another horse coming here maybe a little bit fresher than uh, his main market rivals, though. 
I do agree on Classic Getaway. He broke my heart at this meeting last year. I, I was full sure he had the race wrapped up. He, he looked like a little bit of a monkey to me that day. Uh, Dermot, I will come to you. Do you have any strong view on this race as of now? I couldn't agree with everything. Oh, sorry, I couldn't agree more with everything that uh, Don said there about Journey with me. That impervious form took a massive uh, boost. Don't have hope I'll had. My actual forecast will be Journey with me to be Classic Getaway. I actually really liked what Classic Getaway did did that day he's obviously a horse with his problems but that's a decent race even the fourth there angel angel rising that day she went on to win at the uh at the challenge festival as well so that was a very very decent race he's the one i'd fear most but uh journey with me his his form checks out and uh, he's a lovely jumper this trip has kind of always been what he wanted and uh yeah i think he's a very a very good favorite there Brilliant. The lads are in agreement there. So journey with me for the uh, ever, ever brilliant team of Rachel Blackmore and Henry de Bromhead. We move on now, lads, to Wednesday. Um, the first race on our running order is the Irish Mirror Novice Hurdle, grade one over three mile for the novices. Gaelic Warrior looks to go one better at Cheltenham, where he bumped into the uh, imperious Imperia Pass. He should love coming back to right-handed track, Dermo. Will that be enough to see him home? I think so, yeah. Like, as good as this race is really an Afferdale glory, we have to give Mikey Fogarty a shout-out. He, he put that up and uh, for the <laughs> for the Shetland Festival each way. Uh, unbelievable shout, 150 to one second. Um, and was, you know, he's a good horse. Very interesting jockey booking there by Noel Mead. I wonder if uh, Danny McMenamin might be tempted across the Irish Sea um, uh, by Noel Mead, who obviously is looking for a jockey now with uh, Brian Cooper gone. Danny McMenamin is a superb pilot. Um, but... Gaelic Warrior, that was a massive run at, uh, at Cheltenham. He's a horse. I, I never really bought the hype with him, but I, I was really impressed that day. Now, he was helped by in-running that the other horses did did keep him in, but he won't have any of those issues here at Punchestown. Um, he's a horse that needs to go right-handed. He gets right-handed here. This is a deep, deep race, don't get me wrong, but I just think he's um, that form behind Impera Pass is very strong. He, he screamed to me that day as a horse who will stay. Patrick Mullins immediately, when he got off, said the exact same thing. Um, and I do think the Gaelic Warrior should take quite a lot of stopping here, Darren. Yeah, Don, I'm I'm actually quite excited about Gaelic Warrior here. He's a, a horse I have a real soft spot for. I'm, I'm, I'm probably one of his biggest fans, I would say. Um, been looking forward to him running the punch town for quite some time and I know you're probably more inclined to take on a, a horse at his price but what do you make of this uh, of this novice hurdle yeah look he's a really exciting horse Darren for sure and he's going the right way around now we know that and I can see why people are waiting for him to run a punch town. I'm just not not certain about his stamina and when you're he's flat bred I know it's kind of middle distance flat bred but when you're talking about an even money shot I just think you need a wee bit more in your favour than, well, you need to know that he stays. And look, he may well stay. And as Dermot said, Patrick Mullins said afterwards that he'd stay. I just, like, William Mullins has so many novices. So if you had Gaelic Warrior and he was your only horse, you'd probably run him in the two and a half mile race. Or maybe not. Maybe they want to see if he stays or they want to, they think he will stay, they think he'll improve for stepping up and trip. But they have Empire Pass and maybe Champ Kiley. And a few others for the Alana Holmes race, the two and a half mile novices hurdle. Gaelic Warrior. Yeah, I'm I'm just not, you know, I, we don't know if he'll stay. He might well stay and he might win well. But I think at the price, given that unknown, I think he's kind of takeable honorable at the price. And Afferdale Fury is the one I like. I just thought that he's, he's a horse who's always been held in high regard by Noel Mead. And he got into that battle with American Mike for the lead in the Monksfield hurdle. 
at Navin and then the two of the volley fell and then American Michael beaten by Don Rising in the end. And then he got beaten at Nace in the Laurels of, of Nace race. But again, that was a grade one race and, and it wasn't his running. He was well beaten in the end. We saw the real effort of Fury last time. And I didn't know that Michael Sullivan put him up actually. So fair play. That was that was great shout. Obviously 150 to one shot finishing second. And yeah, that was that was the kind. I know Brian Cooper always spoke highly of him. He always thought that he was a horse who had a big future. So we know that he stays the trip. He improved for three miles the last day. No needs horses have been in good form, both flat and jumps. And yeah, as Jim had said, Danny McMenamin, very very interesting booking coming over here. He's only five as well after Dave Fury. So yeah, I I think he's got he's got plenty in his favour. And I just thought that he's 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 more solid than the disparity between his and Gaelic Warriors prices suggests. Very interesting. Absolutely. Certainly a horse on the up. So uh, a very, very interesting race awaits. And we can see just how Gaelic Warrior does get on. Uh, the following race on the Wednesday, the 5.55, is the Ladbrokes Punchestown Gold Cup. And it's great to see Brave Man's Game use his get-out-of-jail free card to get on the boat over. And while the same may not be able to be said for his former owner, we are very glad to see the rematch between him and Gallop and Deschamps. It's probably hard to see past the reigning champ here all the same, Don. Yeah, ah, look, he's, he's just a... Uh... Phenomenal racehorse, really, isn't he? He's like he's been brilliant over fences. He'd be unbeaten over fences if he hadn't had that stumble after the Turner's chase at the or at the over the final fence. Um, he was brilliant in the Gold Cup. Paul Tannen was superb on him. Didn't panic when he was out the back. He and turns out he was actually going the right pace and everything else was going too fast. And yeah, he he won well. He's only seven. He's still imp- probably improving. The the only worry is that it's it's not easy winning the Irish Gold Cup and the Cheltenham Gold Cup and the Punchestown Gold Cup. Size and John was the only horse to do it ever. And remember Robbie Parr saying after he won at Punchestown that he just got away with it. He wasn't the same horse as he was at Cheltenham. So look, he's had forty days recovery since the Gold Cup. It was a hard race. He had to have had a hard race. He came clear of Brave Man's Game and Brave Brave Man's Game had to have had a hard race as well. So I like and I think you're right, Darren. I think Galloping the Champ can underperform and still win this, and still probably he probably has enough in hand to do that. And you know, I, I'd expect that he, he won't be as good as he was at Cheltenham, but I'd expect that he still should have enough in hand to win it. But I think Envoilen could run a big race in defeat, and I'd be interested in him maybe in the without market or, or, or place because he won the Ryanair chase well, he quickened up well, and they kind of said, and it, it looked like his King George run just wasn't his running. So given that he's got the Ryanair chase win, a really impressive win on the board now, you can just put a line through his King George run for sure. And yeah, I I, I think punches down three miles. He's probably two and a half, two mile, five furlong horse really, but punches down three miles and yielding ground, that should be fine for him. He's a really good jumper, especially off goodish ground. And yeah, I, I, I think he could be the one to chase Gallop and the Champ home. For sure, yeah. And Brave Man's Game, Brave Man's Games, uh, I should say, his record post Cheltenham the last couple of seasons wouldn't exactly inspire you with confidence. Obviously, beaten out of sight uh, at Aintree last year, and he was also beaten into second by the same horse, the Heisen Yard, the year before as a novice hurdler. So um, maybe he is a, he kind of, he, he's, he's gone past his peak come this time of the year. Uh, Dermot, are you of the same opinion as Don? Is this uh, a cakewalk for Galloping Des Champs, or have we got a bit of a race on our hands? He can get away with it, yeah. Um, again, I very little add. Um, Galloping de Champs was a horse that I, I kind of didn't buy the hype and was proven to be an absolute idiot for doing for not doing so. He was just imperious in that Gold Cup. It was just such a brilliant performance. Um, 
Paul Townen got a lot of praise for the ride and rightfully so, but I just thought, thought the horse was just traveling everywhere for him. I, I don't think it would have mattered what you did with him that day. He was just going to win. He's just he's just something very, very special. He's kind of the small touch of the Cato stars about him that you could probably drop him back as well here at the festival if you wanted and you'd probably win over two miles with him. Um, so yeah, look, he, he can underperform and still win, I think. Uh, Brave Man's game, if he was, if he'd shown... As you rightfully pointed out, had he shown any propensity to kick on after the Cheltenham Festival, you'd be kind of thinking maybe, you know, he'd get close because as Don said that day with Sizing John, Jack Adam got very, very close to him that day and Punchestown has thrown up a few few shocks. You're going all the way back to China Rock, etc. So it's it's a race that I'm very happy to watch, um, but I just can't see how, how this brilliant horse is beaten there. Absolutely. And I, to be honest, I'd like to see him go and win again because... I think he, if he's going to reach that level of the Denmans and the Callers, it's not to say that he can't be beaten, but it'd be nice to see him keep his winning record intact. Uh, we are going to move on now, lads, to Thursday, and the 5.25 is the Labrooks Champions Stairs Hurdle. Uh, obviously, we have no decks from here on out as of the time of recording, so do forgive any post-production inaccuracies should they arise, but Tiapu looks to right the wrongs of Cheltenham here with the Course and Festival course and festival specialist classical dream in opposition monkfish is also a fascinating entry after his very promising recent comeback and dermot do you think you have the winner of this race uh yeah if she runs i'm basing this purely off promise um which uh, and to the eye which usually makes an absolute fool of you but i'm very happy to take on the majority of the stayers hurdles field um i just think it was just one of those races um very very hard i just it was really hard one. Now, sorry, the Burley has kicked on afterwards, but he's he's made a metal that horse. Um, the rest of the field, it 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 just isn't a division that uh, kind of inspires an awful lot. Classic Dream, although liked him more now had he missed Cheltenham, but he, he could win by twenty lengths. He's a really really hard horse to actually judge right. But I thought Queen's Brook ran a really good race behind behind Honeysuckle. I thought it was very eye catching. And while she wasn't going to get, she was just staying on and staying on. I think this trip could really be the making of her. And Punchestown's, this stairs hurdle trip, whilst obviously you have to stay, like Hurricane Fly won this, Faheen won this, Jeski won this. Like they were horses that, in my opinion, weren't bona fide three mile Cheltenham festival hurdlers. They were whatever it is about Punchestown. I, I just think that you can kind of get away with a, a furlong or two. Um, now that could be, completely wrong but that's just always been my take on the stairs hurdle race um horses that maybe don't stay as well elsewhere can see out this trip here i think queensbrook jumps very well she's a very good horse they have to give her weight i'd love to see gordon elliott roll the dice and throw her in here um this is a division that's ripe uh, for the taking monkfish is definitely going to be overbacked after his his brilliant run last time but i'd be scared of the bounce factor not that i understand a second of the bounce factor i just I, I would be worried about it. So yeah, Darren, at, at the odds, I'm going to take a bit of a swing here on Queensbrook, who just has shown a good bit of promise. And I've kind of always had her down as a horse that might really, really prosper in a top-class race with top-class pace over a trip like this. And yeah, no, I quite like her here, Darren. Very good. A swing on the only mare in the lineup, from what I can see here from Dermo Nolan. Uh, Don, do you have anything quite as sexy as that for our listeners? Or uh, do you think it's a bit more straightforward? No, I, th- I think it's an interesting race, all right. Um, and I think there could be a good angle to it. Like Tiapu probably wants, you know, as Dermot said, had a hard race at Cheltenham and probably wants ground softer than the ground he's going to get. 
classical dream. He's bidding for a hat trick. He's won the last two, but you know, on his, his running the stairs hurdle, he's going to have to do a lot better than that. Monkfish, you just don't know how he's going to be impacted by that return. Um, it is interesting though, down in Willie Mullins earlier in the season, he did mention Monkfish and all the lads were writing them down. And then he said, no, not for Cheltenham, like, you know, for maybe Ferry House or Punchestown. So it turns out maybe for Ferry House and Punchestown, he did run a massive race at Ferry House. Uh, Sir de Burle, like he's had hard races at Cheltenham. And I said he's made of iron or made of metal, which he is, like his, his win in the Liverpool hurdle was quite remarkable and fair play to Mark Walsh to get him back up. He's 11 years old now, which is just phenomenal. He's the, he was the first 11-year-old since Crimson Embers to win the Stairs hurdle. I do remember Crimson Embers, so showing my age. Um, but no, I, I think Ashdale Bob is interesting. If Jessica Harrington lets him take his chance, which I think she will. Like he's a horse for me who doesn't quite get a stiff three miles, but at Punchestown, over just short of three miles, two miles seven and a half furlongs, he ran a big race in this race last year. He was ridden, kind of I suppose defensively because they weren't certain that he'd get the trip, and he stayed on. He got to within him at a length of Classical Dream in the end. So I think with a wee bit more confidence that they, you know, as in confident that he can see out this trip and maybe ride him a wee bit closer to the pace, I, I think he could step forward quite a bit. He obviously goes well at Pointerstown, uh, yielding ground just short of three miles at Pointerstown could be close to optimal for him. And I, I, yeah, I can see him running a big race. Very interesting. Two interesting shouts there from the lads um, for the stairs champion for the champions stairs hurdle i should say uh one more race in the thursday lads before we move on to the friday it's the barberstown castle novices chase um very hard probably to oppose el fabiolo here don i'm going to stick with you first if he shows up in anything like the same form he showed up in leverson and Shadenham. he's he's effectively unopposable isn't he yeah <laughs> yeah yeah this is quite simple i know he's 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 fantastic, you know, and he could even improve if he improves his jumping a wee bit. Um, yeah, I think he's he's a massive player for the champion chase next season, and it would be very disappointing if all things being equal, he didn't go and win here and win well. For sure, yeah. Uh, look, anything can happen in this great sport of ours, um, Dermot. I don't see prices here uh, for this particular race as of right now, but I imagine he's going to be put in pretty short. Would you be looking at any sort of an angle in the betting without markets to finish second or even to take on the the assumed favourite? No, 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 no. He's 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 something very special, and he showed that last year at Aintree when you know off the back of nothing really. He he ran. He ran John Bond so close, he more than turned that form around this year. His jumping still hasn't been foot perfect, but it just hasn't bothered him at all. He's uh, he's a very, very special horse. And he's one of those horses as well that, you know, you could see him stepping up to serious effect next season if they wanted to. They can do really what they want with El Fabiolo. It's a real clean slate of a horse. So, yeah, no, really looking forward to seeing him, Darren, but definitely won't be one of the races I'll be getting stuck into anyway. Absolutely, yeah. And I think I'll be taking Don's advice on the Thursday and going right down to that last fence to watch him jump the last uh he's an absolute beast of a horse and flagged up by mikey fogarty also on the uh the race hour Cheltenham preview as as one to watch but it was um it was a mightily impressive performance at the Cheltenham festival and um, we move on now lads to friday uh the 525 is the paddy power champion hurdle I do a betting for this state man is about a one to two favorite across the board and he'll be hoping that the absence of constitution hill here can leave his path to victory relatively straightforward in a race that is once again dominated by Willie Mullins. Uh, fellow Sutton inmates, Foban and Sharjah, amongst the antagonists, hoping to topple him. Dermot, are you taking him on? Are you happy to watch him, or are you getting stuck into the 1-2 and hoping to get out of life? 
You have to feel sorry for him, don't you? There's, there's kind of the touch of the the celebration here, you know, when acceleration yeah. kept bumping into Frankel. Um, this horse would be like we'd be talking about an absolute superstar here uh, in state, man. Uh, he's a horse who obviously he kind of looked as as good as Saint Wall did in the county hurdle, but then kicked on to the actual level that we all thought Saint Wall was going to kick on to, um, and he actually reached it. That performance at the Dublin Racing Festival was absolutely brilliant. Um, and his performance at Cheltenham was quite good as well. He's just bumping into a horse that, as Dean Ryan from this podcast says, only a car could get Constitution Hill off, off the bridle. And it's it does just kind of feel that way. So, Stateman here, like, I was never a massive, never have been a big Vauban fan. I, I never really saw the, the kind of massive hype with him. I thought that those runs were maybe a small bit kind of over-egged, really, that first run back that they said that he'd overturn overturned the form i didn't really see it so like in the without market if there was any sort of a price on pied piper finishing second i'd probably take that so i just um struggled to see Stateman beaten darren and just like a lot of races this week i don't i definitely don't see william mullins beating it anyway yeah very very fair uh, analysis there from dermot nolan and, and highly likely to be very accurate don you have a similar mind to dermot is, is this a, a sit back and watch race for you yeah, definitely from a win perspective. Um, State man, look, it'll be good Good to see him there with, with, without Constitution Hill again. He's two for two at Punchestown. He won the Morgana Hurdle earlier this season. He won the Alana Holmes race, the two and a half mile novice hurdle at the festival last season. But, and that was after winning the county hurdle. So that was his great one win on the board. He's won three others this season before he went to Cheltenham and couldn't do anything about Constitution Hill. He's just unlucky, yeah, unlucky to be born into the same era as him. But uh, he won't have him to contend with on, what day is it, Friday. Um, I suppose from a from a without perspective or place market, maybe Echoes in Rain. I, I still think she's an interesting mare. I just don't think that the mare's hurdle at Cheltenham suits her. I don't really think she's a two and a half mile horse. And I think two miles around Punchestown, it's, it's more her game. She was very good in January back at Nace when she won the limestone lad hurdle. And she's like, she, she it's, it's mad that because when at the start of last season, after she'd won the grade one champion novice hurdle here or at Punchestown over two miles, uh, yeah, the start of last season, she was second favorite behind Honeysuckle for the champion hurdle. That's how good she was kind of rated out of her novice year. And that was on the back of a really impressive win at Punchestown. So, look, I think she's an interesting mare. She's still only seven. I think there's more to come from her. And two miles, goodish ground, Punchestown. Hopefully she'll get a fast pace. Then, yeah, she could be maybe the one to chase home statement. Bit of a uh, poke there in the without markets, which will obviously go up uh, near to the race time from Don McLean in the shape of Echoes of Rain obviously in receipt of the mayor's allowance. We move on now, lads, to that Alana Holmes champion novice hurdle, six o'clock on the Friday of Punchstown. I think, and I'm open to correction here, I think this could be the shortest price horse in any grade one of the week in the shape of Imperial Pass when the when, when the prices do come out. From what I can see, pretty much every serious contender to him or anything that could even pretend to be a serious contender uh, has alternative options or is declared elsewhere. I genuinely think this could be a six or seven on six or seven to one on shot Come the day, Don. Am I after losing my mind, or do you see any way that we can take this fella on? <laughs> no, I can't see what's going. What's going to take him on? Um, I and I, I definitely can't see him getting beaten. Maybe high definition stepping up. He'll probably step up a trip to two and a half miles. He'll probably take him on. Sham Kylie will probably take him on as well. I'd say the stable companion. 
Um, yeah, all the others seem to be going elsewhere. But um, yeah, look, he's he, again. He's kind of he's kind of the in the El Fabiolo mode for me as a hurdler. I know that he's in the same colours, which probably helps. But he's been a really just a, a horse has kind of been competing in a lower grade earlier in the season, and then went to Cheltenham. And the vibe about him in all the preamble was very, very strong for all that he was weak enough in the market on the day of the race. Very actually. weak in the market, wasn't he? Jesus, I, I was yeah. watching the exchange before that race. He went from, I think it was 3.1, 3.2 to like, he was it was a, a full-on 7-2 shot um, at BSP. Yeah, I can pull it up here. I have time for him here in front of me. Yeah, fire ahead there, Don. You keep talking yeah. for the time being. But he, he was very good. No, he was very good in winning and uh, the step up and trip. Like Again, Willie Mullins shuffled the pack and had to kind of play play the put the put the balls into the holes as he decided. And he did win the Moscow Flyer hurdle over two miles. And normally the Moscow Flyer, the Willie Mullins Moscow Flyer hurdle winner goes to the Supreme, but he obviously had other 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 uh, runners for the Supreme, most notably Facil Vega. But he'd won his maiden hurdle over two miles three. He stayed the two the extended two and a half miles of the Ballymore very well. And this is a good trip from two and a half miles. Yeah, no, he's a again, it's gonna be really interesting. Please God to see what he does next season because he you know, he could just stay stay over hurdles, he could go over fences, and that's gonna be, you know, him and Marine Nacional, they're the two novice hurdlers. I'm most looking forward to next season seeing what they do. But um yeah, look, it's it's very difficult to see past them here. For sure. Uh, little Birdie does tell me that it's highly likely we'll see Marine Nacional over a fence next year, but that is uh, TBC as of now. 4.6 was Imperial Pass's BSP at the at the Cheltenham Festival Dermo. Um and obviously belied that market weakness to absolutely bolt up on day one, of the most impressive winners of the week. Um, probably not much point in talking about it, him in the context of this race, given it's not going to be the most competitive uh, race of the week. But what are your thoughts on the horse in general? Just how special is he? Yeah, brilliant. That 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 drift turned an awful lot of people off, which is kind of funny enough. And Mikey Fogarty was was obviously besotted with this horse, and he he said on the night of the preview that this was the horse that he'd ride of any horse at Cheltenham, um, and it was his charity bet. He, he was just cracked about him. And you can see why it was just very effortless the, the whole way. You know, Gaelic Warrior made him think for a second. He just flew home. Um, the, the way William Mullen said afterwards that he said to Michael Buckley that um, he said he'd have to buy one to try and get the Constitution Hill, but then immediately after the race said, "You know what? We might have one." Um, and that does just show the kind of how highly they they thought of him and all the talk earlier on the season was all fast Al Vega, but then it just steadily started shifting over towards this lad and. Uh, they were just so bullish about him and it was so well matched. And when, you know, when the Mully Mullins yard is that bullish about a horse, it's very hard to kind of get away from them. And he was just brilliant. The market completely shifted against him and went towards the, uh, Paul Nichols runner, Hermes Allen. But look, he's, he looks very special and he'll be unbelievably hard stopped here. There. Yeah. I'd uh, find it very, very hard to disagree with any of that. I, I, I genuinely do think if there's a horse in training, it has a potential to get up to Constitution Hills level, um, in that particular division. It it, it probably is uh, Imperial Pass, um, and I certainly hope it is. But we shall see. Hopefully, he gets the business done on Friday without uh, any hiccups. Um, and then now, Derma, because you did the run in order, I'm going to stick you with the uh, Champion Hunters Chase because <laughs> I have an unearthly notion what's going on in this race. Uh, I know Animix did win very recently, and uh, it looked like a pace collapsed to me. But uh, you you take it away there. Uh. Yeah, 
This was a race, Darren, where I was up. Um, Dean, Dean texted me about the um, about putting together a plan for this. And I was up feeding my daughter doing this. So uh, this race uh, in a normal year would not have made the uh, the running order. It's um, Well, you, it's, you've made your bed. You can fucking sleep in it now. Come on, give us a window. Anavix won the last day, but that was just a brilliant ride from young Charlie Mullins, who does look to be something quite quite special here um christie's runner over cheltenham that was very very disappointing considering how much he's focused on them all we kept hearing about were you know how how special these horses were for his lock was beaten as well i mean this is just one of those races that it, it just looks unbelievably hard if i was taking a swing here at a price i'd go for something like chris's dream bouncing back but it's uh it's a race that i regret putting into the plan Darren, and it's a race that i won't be getting involved in <laughs> Uh, Don, I, I kind of feel bad nearly offending you by asking you to pick me the winner of this race, but uh, I'm going to come to you anyway because, again, you did sign up for this absolute circus. Did, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, on your head be it. The 635 Daily Star Hunters, Champion Hunters Chase, surely you have a fancy here. I saw 635 on Friday on the list and I thought, I wonder what that is. <laughs> and there it is, the Champion Hunters Chase. Um, yeah, look, you'd, you'd like to see David Christie winning it for all the reasons. Vassalet won it or didn't win it last year was just beaten by Billaway last year and I, I, I he was disappointing at Cheltenham maybe it was the ground at Cheltenham like he, he did win it down Royal early in the season on soft ground but um I think that his better form was on better ground so maybe Vossele can just go and go one better but Animix yeah on that on that race the last day I, I watched that race live and I thought you, you stop watching Animix after about four fences and he proceeded to try and take a few more fences home with him. But Charlie Mullins just stuck with him and suddenly going around the home turn, you're thinking, Johnny Mac, Animix, has, he's got a chance here. And yeah, it was quite a remarkable race. If people hasn't, haven't seen it, go back and watch it again. It was quite remarkable. I didn't check afterwards to see what price he traded at, but I'm sure it was high. Uh, but yeah, it's it's hard to see him repeating that. Definitely if he jumps like he jumped the last day at Ferry House, he won't repeat it. But yeah, I, I think Vassile, I'm not sure how they'll bet. Vassile will probably be favourite, say, in front of Billaway. Maybe Billaway's 11 now, and he's prone to the odd error as well. But it'd be nice to see Vassile going and winning it for David Christie. For sure, yeah. He did actually hit the maximum price of 1,000 uh, yeah. on the machine, yeah, in the run. And to be honest, he looked like a shocking price at 1,000 at one stage. I thought he was pulled up. But how and ever, uh, we'll see if he can repeat that feat on friday evening and we're going to round it out now lads on the saturday uh family day at at punchestown and just before we go into it i would advise people if you, if you do have a day try and get down for it there's great value on tickets and stuff at the gate this is not a punchestown advertisement i haven't been asked to say this but it is a fabulous week's race and um great value for money and there's a great vibe around the course and saturday is always great crack and you can watch the guineas um in the in the labrooks tent when that's on as well uh but the 4.35 is the na- the race named after Pat Taff. It's a handicap chase. I, I don't have the name of it in front of me, but Don, I'm going to come to you first. Very, very hard to have a fancy probably at this stage for it, but was there anything you managed to pick out that might be half interesting? Uh, no. <laughs> no. No. That was... That was uh... That's another error because on Saturday that was meant to be the. Uh, the, the mayors. Mayors. I, I, you know, I, 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 I did assume that, but I, I, I wanted to stick to the integrity of the, uh, of the running order. <laughs> so, uh, once again, on your head, be it. Dermot, I, I don't think we even have we even have entries for the Patav race, do we? Probably no, not no, at this point. No, no, I thought as much. Yeah, I couldn't see anything um, on uh, the database that I'm on at the moment. Uh, 
failing that, do you have a fancy for the mayor's hurdle, Don? Mayor's hurdle. Yeah, yeah, a lot depends what's going to run here. Like, obviously, yeah. Echoes and Green is that other option. Uh, Brandy Love is in it. She, I still think she needs to go left handed. Queen's Brook is in it as well. I'd be interested to see if she runs under the stairs instead of coming here. She wears it well, was pretty well beaten in the mayor's hurdle last time, but her, her form before the mayor's hurdle. Thought, you know that that would make her an interesting horse. She beat Queensbrook at Leopardstown, and she was delivered with a remarkably well-timed run by Paul Town. And to get up and beat my immortal in a Pretemps qualifier at Pointerstown back in November, after which I thought the Pretemps final might be the race for her. But um, no, she went and won a Grade Three race instead. Um, and then you've got Love and Wild. She comes over. She ran a massive race against Honeysuckle. Uh, I think the whole world was hoping she wouldn't win it at the time on the day. And yeah, but it was good that she got there and gave Honeysuckle a hell of a race. And I think that was her first defeat over hurdles um, since she was. Nope. Oh, she was sorry. She, yeah, yeah, she's beaten a fairy house last year. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But she's, I don't, yeah, so, so she's never been out of the first two over hurdles. So she's an interesting mare. She comes over as well. And Marie's Rock would be interesting if, if she takes a chance. So it, it could be a good race, but. Um, yeah, it's very, very Epitant. Didn't even mention Epitant. She could run as well. So, um, yeah, like it, it should be. If some of those stand their ground, it'll be a big race, but we've no betting on it yet. It's hard to see the makeup of the field. So, um, yeah, I'd say we'll have to leave that for another day for assessment, Taryn. Yeah, absolutely. Very fair. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. Derma, I, I will come to you just to see if you have half a fancy at this stage. Obviously, as we said, it is very declaration dependent. Yeah, that's it. Look at it. And there's a reason why this is the uh, last race in the running order. Um, yeah, uh, Love Envoy is a horse who, she tends to get underestimated an awful lot of time, but she keeps running these absolutely huge races. She gave Honeysuckle a proper fright, um, and that was a serious effort. So if she turns up here, and it hasn't done too much to her, they, they kind of looked after her before Cheltenham. So I'd say she's she's fresh and well. I'd say she could take an awful lot of stopping here there. Yep, yep. Don't, don't disagree with any of that. And then... To round out the week before I come to you, lads, for your naps, we do have the champion four-year-old hurdle, the Ballymore champion four-year-old hurdle, I should say, obviously sponsored by Ballymore, great supporters of our game. Um, Lost him out is the highly likely to be a short price favourite here, um, with uh, a clatter of stable mates likely to follow her up in the bet, and should they show up? Dermot, do you have a view on this race? Is there, say, any, a late-blooming juvenile maybe that you've had a half your eye on, maybe enjoyed the dream for Andy McNamara or anything similar, or do you reckon this is pretty straightforward? Not at all, no. Um, I thought Lossie him out. Like she really put any doubts to bed. I was happy to take her on with the uh, the kind of Alexander Mayor, and but I, I just thought that she was just outstanding. And Paul Townend stood by her, and there was a very clear reason why. I'm really excited to see what she can step up to be next season. Um, I hope they aim maybe a little bit loftier to begin with than the mayor's hurdle. Not that the mayor's hurdle is not something we all would love to have a mayor to win. Um, I just love to see her maybe pitched into company and go back to that because, like as much as we know, four year olds can struggle to train on to be five year olds. She was she was just breathtakingly good at at Cheltenham. So I'm really looking forward to this race. Really hope she uh, turns up and uh, looks like a season that we have plenty with Marine National and. Impair pass, etc. Of the younger brigade who just look really exciting. I think we could be looking at something very good here as well in Lossie Mount with just how comfortably she she did that on the day, particularly after such a hard race at the Dublin Racing Festival. So yeah, just really looking forward to to, uh, to watching her there. For sure, yeah. Um, I thought a lot went wrong for her at Cheltenham. 
and she still managed. She was ridden with supreme confidence again, especially in the context of what went wrong at Leopardstown. Um, so yeah, I thought she was very impressed myself. And what maybe isn't the strongest division, uh, or even the strongest ju- crop juveniles of all time. But um, yeah, she's very hard to oppose here. Don, are you of a similar mind, or do you have a view on this race at this stage? Yeah, I know. Look, she's she's very good, Darren. Isn't she she was really good at Cheltenham. I was against her at back Gallum or so in the race. I thought she maybe was the underrated mare going into the race, and she ran well to finish second. But no, Lassimath was was so good, and all the vibes about it before, and they were all correct. Um, and the the triumph got a nice boost then when Zenta went and went and won the Grade One juveniles race at at entry as well. Zenta was third, beaten the neck by Gallum or so for second. She's another likely race horse of Willie Mullins in a. But was it Willie Mullins one, two, three, four in the triumph? If if there is a horse that is of interest at a much well, I'd say he'll be a bigger price. I I thought Nusrit did well at entry to get as close to Zent as he got. He was ridden out the back in a race that wasn't run at a fast pace, and I thought he did well to keep on as well as he did take third place behind Zent and and, and Bow Zenit. Now look, this race might come up a bit quickly, and he might not run as a result. He's only had, it'll only be two weeks, just over two weeks until the champion four-year-old race but I, I just I just think he's an interesting horse maybe not for here maybe not taking on Lassimath or beating Lassimath but maybe running better than maybe expectations are and he does a form at the track as well he won there last November so Nuzrit maybe just a horse to keep an eye on but no hard to see past Lassimath. For sure yeah I, I think I'm very much inclined to agree with that assessment from Don um, before I get your naps, lads, uh, Don, I'll come to you first on this. Is there anything else from the week that maybe we haven't covered or an old handicap block that you think could, could dot up or uh, and even any of the other conditions races that uh, that maybe we haven't just touched on yet? Yeah, I, I thought um, Brazil would be interesting in the handicap hurdle tomorrow, the Kilishi Hotel handicap hurdle. He's a horse who is he's, he's, he's racing off a mark of 142. I think that could underrate him. He won the Fred Winter Hurdle. He beat Gaelic Warrior actually in the Fred Winter Hurdle, despite things not going his way. I know didn't think things didn't go well for Gaelic Warrior in that he jumped to his right, but he didn't help Brazil, and I thought he did well to win. Uh, he won the Fishery Lane Hurdle at the start of this year. He beat Field Door and Prairie Dancer in that, and that's a race that can be a good point. It's a four-year-old's only race before the turn of the year, so four going five. Um, that race was won by Tiapu last year. It was won by Espoir Dalen in the past. It was won by Early Doors, a Galway Plate winner in the past as well. So it can be a good pointer. And he was beaten in that match at Limerick over Christmas, but it was very soft ground and no looking back of, of Oliver McKiernan's. He's gone and enhanced the form since he was only just beaten by Irish Point in a grade three race at Nace the next time. So Brazil took a break after that. He didn't run again until he ran at Leperstown in the flat there last week or the week before last, and he ran a nice race. He stayed on well. It was a 10 furlong handicap. He was kind of out the back, and he ran into a bit of traffic um, and just kind of shamey Heffernan just had to ease up on him close home. But it was a nice race, and you'd think that that should bring him forward nicely with a view to running in a handicap hurdle at Punchestown. Um, interesting that Mark Walsh has chosen to ride him in front of the other three J.P. McManus horses. So, yeah, I, I think he's an interesting one there. I think he, I think he like Gaelic Warriors rated 152 now, so he's racing off a mark of 142. Now Gaelic Warriors improved since then, but it just gives you kind of an indication as to where his mark could be in time. And yeah, I think he's capable of better than that. Very interesting shout there from Don McLean. Brilliant analysis, as always, from the man himself. Uh, with Brazil there, um, for Podrick Roche, I think trains that. Uh, Dermot, I'll come to you. You're always a great man for the anything else section. I'm sure you have a list as long as your arm there. So, fire away, my friend. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, uh, Punchestown's really about the, the the handicaps. Uh, 
in my opinion. Um, in that same race, Brazil definitely has a huge chance. I quite like Pat Derue. I just think that everything went wrong for him, for Gavin Cromwell and Keith Dunhu at Cheltenham. I think you can forgive that. And he was very well backed in the 12 to 1 that day. Sometimes when a horse like that is well backed and loses or doesn't run the race, the market can completely forget them. So I thought 14 to 1 about him is very, very fair. Um, he's shown some some very strong form and there's an awful lot of upside in him. I think he's a much better horse than 137, but at the Punches Down Festival, that that still might not be enough with how strong all these are. And then the 340 handicap hurdle on Wednesday. Um, this is an opportunity handicap hurdle, so it's uh, a conditionals only. But level never ending ran an absolutely huge race in the pretemps. Now, most of that, like... He was 10th, but he finished six lengths behind. Do you remember that? That race was a mental race. They all nearly got there. And this was a serious run. And that form knocked next to a race like this. That's serious form. Danny Gilligan's a young jockey who's really going places. He's flying. He claims four pounds here. So level never ending. If he can carry that form through from Cheltenham, I just, I don't think this is a great race at all. And his form for me, stands out. So whatever price he is there, I'll be backing him unless obviously he's uh, he's too short. Um, then in the three forty on um, on the twenty seventh, uh, which is Thursday, um, this is another serious race. Really, really interesting handicap. And I thought um, if he can get in, McGrath from Clure is uh, with from Clune. Sorry, could be an absolutely massive price here for Robert Tyner. Uh, Robert Tyner retired, but he's back again. And he tends, he has tended to land a few touches here at Punchdown. He obviously won the golf bumper twice, and Blastic Coleman went very, very close from a few times. Uh, Punchdown does seem to be a meeting where he can have one run an absolutely massive price. His few horses that he has left now are actually running quite well. He's had two seconds now from his last two starts. And McGrath and Clune was a very, very good run last time. He could be one that could run here off a big price. He's running in, he's two entries, so. He, he might not get into either. 51's a long way down, but, but, but you never know. Um, so he be one McGrath from Clune. Um, the 4.15 punches down on the 27th, which is also Thursday. Uh, we're really looking forward to seeing Dino Blue there. But I think Dino Blue could actually do a favor here weight-wise for Magic Days if she was to kind of to, to go for a race like this. Obviously, she won this last year on Puppy um, Puppies. Now, she, she's declared tomorrow, but just in case she was to be relocated there, this was obviously Re- Robbie Power's last uh, start as a jockey b- b- before winning this race. But her or Dino Blue there in the 4.15 on Thursday. Um, and then also on Thursday, there is the uh, serious handicap hurdle, which is the uh, 6pm. This is a brilliant, brilliant renewal, packed from top to bottom with serious horses. But walking on air is entered for Nicky Henderson. Uh, I thought this horse was given a bit of a, a stones of a ride. Nick of Bineville Agreed. gets Agreed. way too harsh treatment. He gets way too harsh treatment, in my opinion. I think he's a very good jockey, but I just thought that this was not a very good ride. I thought coming to the last, he really should have fired him over it. Now, looking back, good time, Johnny was probably going to win anyway. Um, but walking on air comes in here with a, still a good bit of upside. This trip will unlock a good bit more. So he'd be one of my stronger fancies for the week. I am nearly there, I promise. The 7.10 on Thursday as well then is a mare's handicap chase. My design is a mare I've liked for a long time. She's just so gallant. She ran a huge race up in the Ulster National. She'd come down here. She's she's another horse who's who's made of metal. And this race over two miles four, dropping back in trip, 
two mile five, sorry, dropping back and trip would be no problem for her at all. Her stamina will come into effect as well. And I do think that, that she'll be a backable price here and because she's from smaller connections, but she's a horse in the form of her life and um, she could run an absolutely massive race. And then last but not least, Darren, on Friday, um, there's a novice handicap chase, which for our, our, our listeners at home, this race generally is actually a decent enough guide towards the Galway plate at times. Um, well, could they flow... Uh, or in a huge race in this, and just a few different horses. This race is packed from top to bottom with very, very good horses. I personally would love to see adamantly chosen run here with a claimer on his back, only two miles five in Punchestown at that speed. I think it would suit him down to the absolute ground. Willie Mullins obviously fires a good few at this, so he'd be one. I really liked Max Charm the last time. Life in the Park is a horse of uh, Rita Bromheads, who should be coming back at some point to... Uh, shows true ability but that's a race for everybody to kind of watch um and there's one horse running in it who could well go off at massive price but he's a horse who i've been following for years now and he is back he ran a huge race at the punchdown festival off a massive break last season and it's walk away he's a horse who finished second i think it was in this very race was it um at punchdown or, sorry, he finished second behind Faheen. He's uh, he's just ran absolutely ridiculous races, this horse. He's made of glass, clearly. But he ran a great race off a break last season. So whilst I'll be watching Adamantly Chosen with interest, the 4.15 on Friday, walk away, could well run an absolutely massive price, massive race at a massive price there, Darren, as well. Uh, so there's an absolute plethora there. But I do quite like the look of uh, Pat DeRow in that same race as Brazil tomorrow. Very good. I'm sure there's going to be an awful lot of uh, pausing and play, hitting pause and hitting play to make sure you get that entire list there from Dermot Nolan. And, you know, there's death, there's taxes, and then there's Dermot tipping a Robert Tyner horse at the Punchestown Festival. So, fingers <laughs> crossed, uh, a couple of them can do the business for uh, for for Dermot and for all the listeners. Um, with that, lads, all I need off the both of you is your naps. So, Dermot, I'm going to stick with you for yours first of all, please. Your nap of the week for Punchestown. Oh, I actually kind of forgot this part in my head. Um, my most confident tip of the week would be Journey With Me, there. Journey With Me for Dermo Nolan. I think I might be in agreement with you there, Dermo. And Don, I'll ask you the same question. Your nap of the week, please, for the Punchdown Festival. Funny, Journey With Me as well was. And yeah, I think I'll stick with him. Um, yeah, I, look, I know he's favourite. And you can argue that, you know, you should have a bigger price horse as your nap. But I, I just think he should be a fair bit shorter than he is. He's got... Lots in his favour, as we discussed, and I think there are holes to be picked in a lot of his well-fancied opponents. So, yeah, I'll stick with him. Brilliant stuff. We've got a, got a consensus there on the nap, which is uh, highly unusual on the, on the Race Hour podcast. I, I really don't think it has, actually, in all the time I've, I've been listening no, to it. No, it's never happened. Here no, it's never happened. No. <laughs> Brilliant. There you go. Definitely gets beats up. Um, anyway, with that, that brings us to the end of... Uh, of this week's episode of the race hour and indeed uh the season in and of itself the jump season uh thank you as always to bookmakers.com and to our very very kind sponsors the tote.co.uk thank you also to don and derma for their time and um, you know it's, it's invaluable having two experts and two people who actually really care and love about and love the game so much and, and put so much effort into into trying to find winners and don't forget as well everyone at home like to this. get stuck into the 
don't forget as well to get stuck into the old tote fantasy as well this week there'll be plenty of tournaments all week and it's uh it's the cheapest way to get involved all week uh jamie benson would have murdered us there darren have you not mentioned that <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah no it was on the list between that and the place pot uh there is brilliant value to be had from the tote this week as well so with that we'll leave you where you are gamble responsibly best luck for the week and we'll talk to you all very very soon